the Denver Stiffs Show. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Thursday night as we debuted a new show on the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network today. Uh, it ran really well. Everybody seems to be pretty positive about the experience overall. Gage Bridgeford and I uh, were guests on Jenna Garcia's new show titled Garbage Takes. Uh, it runs about 30 minutes. Uh, basically, Gage and I went back and forth and we debated several topics, had a really good time. Uh, we're going to cycle through new guests on that show. Jenna's going to host. She's got everything prepared. Uh, the, the, the production was, was me. That was, that was, that was me for this time, but it's, it's eventually going to be her and it's eventually going to be much better. So don't worry about that aspect of it. Um, really enjoying it. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Let us know what you think of this show by, leaving a nice little rating and, uh, and review on iTunes. That'll be awesome. Uh, I am joined today by my deputy site manager on Denver Stiffs, Zach Mikosh. Zach, how are you, sir? It's been, it's been quite a busy holiday time so far. It has been a busy holiday. Plus with the, the season starting, I guess we went through this, um, oh, what year was that? 2014, 2013? No, 13 was the 50 cents. So I was like five then, dude. I can't remember. When we uh, when we started on Christmas that one year, I think it was 2012. Oh, oh it, yeah, yeah, with the lockout. The year okay, yeah, before the 57 win season. Yeah, so it's like I guess we've gone through this before, but yeah, it's been um, it's hectic with with the season starting, uh, with with uh, every uh, every always all the holidays. I I especially have a hectic holiday season because my daughter's birthday is on December 26th. Oh so that's, God, yeah. that's some poor planning, <laughs> sir. <laughs> no, I wasn't really for, looking that much ahead, you know, uh, in the moment when that decision was made. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, God, yeah, they. Uh, anyways, um, stressful, stressful time the holidays. But uh, you know, I would like to just just note, uh, despite all the stress, I come up with some great ideas like garbage takes. I you know I'm 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 a little bit uh, a little bit hurt Ryan that you did not mention the person who uh, who had that brilliant idea in our annual planning meeting. But was that your cool. name cool. idea? It, it no the whole the whole the thing was my idea and I was like we should just make something called like garbage takes or we just argue garbage takes and like I was kind of joking but then everybody jumped onto it and like started fleshing it out and it ended up becoming a really good idea so we're like oh, all right well you know this this time has moved so fast. And, and it has it moves so quickly because I don't know if people know this, but like our, our planning meeting was like 10 days ago. So this is this is really transitioned into like like a, a very vast amount of like content that, that we've started to generate over the course of the last few days. And and garbage takes was one of those ideas. And so excellent idea, sir. Uh, really appreciate you coming up with it. We have totally manifested it in, into something great. So right. I've, I've, I've been really happy and I, I think it's, I think it's a great product. What do you think? Oh, I think it was great. I really enjoyed you guys' uh, first show. I think, um, you know, I, I like, as I've mentioned in our, in our private chats, I think Gage will be a frequent guest. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> if his takes on Turkey are any indication. So, you know, but um, no, it's it's a good, and I think it's something a little bit different. We don't really have a, a debate show uh, in our in our lineup. I, we do have, you know, all of our shows with multiple guests are more just discussion, I think. And so, this is a good chance for people to really kind of bring up topics, and I think, and take different sides. And 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 we're all we're all you know good friends here at Stiffs, and we've all been working together for a while. So, um, it, it just I think it, it flows naturally. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited for that show. I'm excited, uh, you know, that chicken nuggets is been taken off more and is has been you know, some really great shows um 
there with with uh, the guests they've been been able to bring on, and then and Riley has been a, a great addition to that show as well. So it's been um, it, it's it's great. You know, I I I know we usually probably pitch these things at the end, but I, anybody who's listening, I mean, if you're not subscribed to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. You should definitely be doing it because you're going to get all those shows I mentioned, plus Nuggets numbers, plus Pickaxe podcasts. Like you can't, there's, there's just, I don't, there's no other Denver Nuggets podcast network you can follow that is going to give you that many different angles, that many different hosts, that many different perspectives. So it's uh, definitely a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah, that was one of the pitches of the uh, of of the whole idea. Was I, I I knew I didn't want to just make it my podcast. I, I figured that if it was the Denver Stiffs podcast network, that we might as well try to include as many of the Denver Stiffs as we could. And and it was it's it's really grown, and I've I've been really enjoying it. Uh, Jeremy and Nick helped kick it off as well uh, with the dig, and they're they're going to be around occasionally. We're we're going to see how that goes, but. Uh, everybody's really contributed to it, and I've been really happy to see it grow. It's it's taken off, and and I think we've we've certainly seen a a really interesting uh, podcast sphere because of it. But uh, let's get back onto topic here. Let's talk some Nuggets because this thing is uh it's been interesting to to watch this team through two games of the preseason. Uh, you had the first game against the Golden State Warriors last Saturday, which there's been a lot of time since then, but. Uh, Nuggets debut uh, didn't feel like everybody was fully ready. Uh, pace of the game moved pretty fast, and and the players moved a little bit slow. Kind of kind of understanding for a preseason debut, but then they absolutely come out and catch fire against the Blazers, and and they absolutely dominated them. It was a thirty one point victory against the Blazers that played all of their starters and and had all of their guys except for possibly Zach Collins. And and I'm just very impressed with the way that this team has operated and the way that they have assimilated Will Barton back into that. So I wanted to spend the first segment talking about the preseason storylines that we have so far. Uh, second segment will cover Will Barton and the starting group a little bit more in depth because I think that that is the biggest single preseason storyline. And then in right. segment three, we'll we'll talk about kind of the remaining questions as we approach the regular season. Um Am I right in saying that the Barton thing and and the starting is is the the biggest thing on the, on this team's docket right now? Oh, well, certainly after the I think the comments he made um, after that that Portland Trail Blazers game, I think you know people people are all kind of some people are all up in arms about it, and I and I think the thing that I want to point out. Um, is what did you expect Barton to say? I mean, what, what you, like was he going to be like? Ah, no, you know what? I I don't think I'm good enough to start. I definitely should be coming off the bench. Like, like come on, man. Like that's <laughs> the, the, we know that that yeah. we know who Will is, and and every single player in the NBA is going to say that. Every single player, if you ask him, hey man, do you think you should be a starter? He's gonna be like, hell yeah, I should be a starter. Like I'm, you know, I think I'm. I have all the confidence in myself in the world. Like that's you don't have supreme confidence uh, or I mean you don't lack supreme confidence and make it to the NBA that's just not how it works so like you know I don't I, I didn't take really much issues with it but I think the but the comments were eye-grabbing so yeah I think that definitely um, it brought the attention of of the fan base and and the media uh, onto that issue which now definitely makes it the top issue uh, for the Nuggets going into the season right now. Yeah, let's table it for right now. Uh, I think we're going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, but for segment one, let's let's get into some of these other preseason storylines so far. Uh, I think the one thing that I really like goes without mention is that I think Murray and Jokic look really good. Like other than a, a couple of sloppy turnovers here and there, like Jokic chucked a pass out of bounds. Uh, Murray kind of fumbled a pass into 
uh, Damian Lillard or CJ McCollum's arms at one point. But other than some some occasional egregious turnover, like they have looked absolutely locked in, like they're ready to go, and like this is going to be just a continuation of of what the playoffs were like, of what the bubble was like. What do you, what do you think of the way that they've they've appeared so far? Well, I mean, Jokic, you, I mean, what can you say? The guy, the guy was an absolute dominant force uh, in the game against the Warriors, and then nearly got a triple double in just twenty five minutes uh, against the Blazers. So, yeah, Jokic, one hundred percent ready to go. It was good to see Murray being a little bit more aggressive on offense against the Blazers. I thought he was really, really quiet, almost like non existent um, against the Warriors. And and I I mean he must not have taken very many shots in that game. No, he didn't. Time. He uh, he basically tried to set her, set everybody else up. That yeah, was his, exactly. That was he his was trying to play goal. like a, he was trying to be like Monty Morris, and it's like okay, like that's cool. Like it's good that you're like you know really embracing the the point guard role, and you understand like that you're you're a leader on this team, and and a part of your job, particularly as a leader and as the point guard, is to get other people rolling. Like that's great, but like yeah, man, you can't you can't shoot six times. Um, in 24 minutes, like that's, <laughs> we need you to shoot more than that. So, um, right. that, that was nice to see him, him get a little bit more aggressive, uh, in that Portland game. And I thought he looked good. You know, he shot it fine and he's, he's going to be, uh, this is something we were talking about, um, before we hopped on, but it's going to be something to, to, to look at. I think, uh, it's, I think it's a fair criticism of Jamal Murray to say that he starts, uh, seasons generally pretty slow, uh, particularly offensively particularly just with his shooting percentages. So something to watch. But, you know, he was, I mean, he looked, he, to back up what you said, he looked like he is Jamal Murray that we, we are expecting to be an all-star level player this year. Um, and and that, if, if he is that in game two of preseason, then that, that bodes very well for Denver. I looked ahead to the all-star rosters, I think, a couple of days ago. And it, it's a bloodbath in the Western Conference. So to say that he's an all-star caliber player, uh, it, it, is, it's, it may not uh, manifest itself into an all-star game appearance. Uh, right. I think people, right. people shouldn't get all up in arms if he doesn't make the all-star team. It's about uh, just looking good. It's about being better. It's about showcasing that he's the second best player on a championship team with the capability of leading them at some point. And at some points. Uh, but I thought he's looked good. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, how do you think Michael Porter Jr. looks so far, based off of your expectations? Yeah, well, so I will say this is that I've I've tried to temper um, my expectations with, with Mike. You know, this is the first game, the Warriors game, he didn't shoot it well. Uh, I mean, he didn't necessarily shoot it very well. I think against um, Portland either. So, I mean, I'd say he's probably about like a, for me like a six or a seven out of 10 right now, because I, I kind of like, I'm not expecting Michael Porter Jr. to just come out and be flamethrowing 30 points a game uh, from the jump. It's still, it's still going to take some time, particularly now that it looks like the Nuggets are committed to him being in the starting lineup. It's going to take some time for them to flesh that out and, and figure out how to kind of work him into the office and it's not or in, in, into the office, into the offense. Um, and it's something that he's <laughs> got to get Mike into the office. Somebody's got to do these copies. Office no. culture is really important. Like I understand. <laughs> so, Mike's a good guy. He recycles. <laughs> um, <laughs> he doesn't steal anybody's lunch in the fridge. But um, so it's going to take time. And we see this with everybody who, who kind of gets integrated with Jokic. Uh, and, and he's a little bit different, obviously, because this is his third year on the team. But again, he's he, they've never had to try and integrate someone like him um, 
with Murray and Jokic. Like they kind of had to do it when they brought when they got Murray up to speed, but they've never had to do it now with that that third guy. You know, they've been integrating guys like a Paul Millsap has basically been your third guy uh, for a long time, and he's not a guy who's really you're trying to get going too much on offense. So um, I think, like I said, I, he's been okay. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better, uh, but you know, he's still I, I still have very very high hopes for Mike. Yeah, so he he sometimes he gets caught up in the whole. I haven't shot in a while and I really need to get a shot up uh, like or else he doesn't feel like he's impacting things as much. And so he isn't involved all the time. And so the Nuggets are going to have to work with him on. First of all, they have to run some plays for him at the beginning of the year, like at the beginning of games, because if he's not involved, I think the Nuggets went about five minutes during that Blazers game without getting him a shot, without really getting him a touch. And and. It was fine. Like it, it was okay. The, the first one that he got, I think he made. It was a it was a transition three pointer after he made a nice defensive play again. Like and Murray hit him for a three. Uh, but then the next time down, he immediately took a heat check and right. like because he he hit a three and he looked good. And then he wanted to hit another one because he didn't know the next time he was going to touch the ball. So I I'm not worried necessarily, but like it's at least something that I'm watching. Uh, with regard to how often they get him involved early in the games, whether he could go long stretches without having a touch offensively or without having a shot attempt, because he doesn't need to touch the ball on offense in order to be impactful. He already commands so much of the attention of the defense just by being out there. So, right. <laughs> excuse me. If he's cutting, moving, he should be fine. Uh, I think Jokic has to look for him more. That's that's probably my biggest take, was that a lot of this falls on Jokic. It doesn't fall on Murray. I think a lot of it falls on Jokic, that he has to, when he reverses the ball, don't just give it back to Murray. Uh, try to get Porter involved, because it's 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 okay to, like, he gets Harris involved all the time. He gets Millsap involved all the time. Uh, Porter, it's, it's, it's been a little slow. Right. And I think, like I said, I think some of that is just Porter learning to play with Jokic, because as we know, Jokic isn't going to really force it to anybody, right? Like, he's going to make whatever the smart play is, and whoever that guy is who's in the right spot that he thinks is going to give him the best shot at getting a basket, that's who he's going to kick the ball to. Um, so it's, I agree but that, it, that Jokic is going to have to look for Porter more, but it's also got to be on Porter to figure out you know, where to find the best spots to make Jokic, to force Jokic to look at him. Um, and and make get make that happen on his end, and I think that's going to happen. I think it's you know like we like I said, this happens with every single player you add to the starting lineup and has to learn how to play with a point center. Like none of these guys ever played with a point center before, so it's it's and and I get like I said, Mike's been on the team for three years now. We're going into his third season, so it should maybe be a little bit quicker. But you know. I mean, he didn't play at all. His It's not like he was even out on the practice court doing five-on-fives in his rookie year. Like So he didn't really get any of that time um, his rookie season. And then last season, like there was sometimes, but again, he wasn't really a starter except for once they got to the bubble, and then that didn't last too long, and there was, there was a lot of weird lineups going on at that time. So it's he, I just don't think he's had a chance to really integrate himself playing next to Jokic big minutes in with the starting group to really figure out how do I need to get myself in the best position so that Jokic will find me. I agree. I, I It's hard. Like, I, I wish we could debate this a little bit more, but like, uh, it, it really is just going to take time. That's, that's how all of these yep. things are solved. And I hope everybody is comfortable waiting a little bit because it's not going to be perfect right away. And the Nuggets still put up 126 on the Blazers, like despite yeah, it being perfect. So, so they're going to be okay. Um, uh, 
Next thing is the bench rotation. You brought this up to me prior to doing this podcast or prior to starting recording. And it was when Will Barton returned against the Blazers, it was Faku Kampasso who was the guy who sat. Uh, you had right. Monte Morris, you had PJ Dozier, you had Barton, you had Jamichael Green, and you had Isaiah Hartenstein. Because, like, I think that lineup makes a lot of sense. I think PJ Dozier is kind of your third creator. Uh, somebody mm-hmm. who's a little bit more defensive-minded, I think that makes sense. Uh, adding Capasso in there, it's it's a little bit, it's, it's, it's a lot of bit of ball handling out there. And so it may right. not be an issue. Uh, you like to have a lot of ball handlers on the second unit, but it was just interesting that Faku was the one who went to the bench. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too because I would have assumed it would have been P.J. Dozier. One, because P.J. Dozier was kind of playing the same spot that Will Barton was playing in that first game. Um, and they're just it's like P.J. Dozier is like a poor man's Will Barton. So like it makes, you know, he, yeah. it, it, that's just it seemed like that was the natural fit. Um, and that that's it comes back to that issue of like I don't know – um, in fact, I'm pretty confident. In fact, it's this it, not the case that PJ Dozier is a more talented or better player than Faku is. Like I, I really think Faku's the better player, but you're in this weird spot where you just you just extended Monty Morris and you brought over Faku and and now and you have Jamal Murray, so you've got these two point guards, two small point guards, and and Morris and Morris, <laughs> Morris and Cambazo. <laughs> I'm struggling with my words tonight. Um, but you've got this two these two point guards and and. Morris and Campazzo that are, are smaller guys, so it's going to be tough to put them on the court together. So you're kind of almost like, well, we need to play P.J. Dozier because he's, you know, he's like a full eight inches taller than than Faku. He really might be. Like, that's that's kind of nuts, but it's also yeah. true. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And, and so I wonder if they could, like that, I wonder how much that went into coach's decision making versus, you know, well, I think that that. Uh, PJ is the more talented guy or, or something like that. Cause I, I don't think that's the case, especially with the way Malone has talked uh, about Campazzo. Now we don't know that he, it could also be that he's kind of fleshing things out that he was saying, Hey, I'm not going to play Will Barton in this first game. So let's see how Faku does. Okay. Now I've got Will Barton back. So let's see how PJ does. And we might, you know what? PJ might not play uh, in game three or might not get off the bench until the end of the game um, in game three. And, and he it could just be Malone trying to still flesh that out. Like that would not surprise me. I, I've i been tracking this a lot, as you know. Uh, I post rotations all the time on Twitter. Uh, just trying to get a feel for what Michael Malone is thinking, what he's doing with the minutes. And I think it's a valuable exercise in thinking, okay, hey, so it looks like Monte Morris is the guy who's going to be the primary backup point guard. Uh, Will Barton obviously has a spot when he comes back. So it looks like that's it's going to either be PJ or Faku out there. And we're going to figure out who it's going to be. And I think it might be a changing thing. It, it might just be that the Nuggets have 11 great players and that they're going to need to find time for all 11 of them at some point. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it evolves. Um, another thing with the bench well, rotation. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What I was just going to say, well, the other thing that you got to remember, too, here is is everybody is healthy right now, with the exception of, like, you know, Greg Whittington. Exactly. Uh, not going to play. Um, and and because Michael Porter Jr. is a guy who can play small forward or power forward, um, because Will Barton and P.J. Dozier can play small forward or shooting guard, it really is an injury to whichever guy ends up as the odd man out, whether it's Faku or, or P.J., one injury to pretty much anyone other than a center 
is going to get one of those is going to get that whoever the guy is on the outside looking in he's going to be in the lineup cuz like they'll just they'll be able to shift things around to make it work so even if it's Paul Millsap goes down okay well now Michael Porter Jr um is playing power forward next to Jamichael Green and now you know uh you might be just running a smaller bench with Hartenstein or you know it could be uh something like um Michael Porter Jr. gets hurt. And okay, well, now we're going to start Will Barton. And so now P.J. Dozier, uh, if he's not playing, either P.J. Dozier, if he is playing, slides over to the small forward. Or if he's not playing, he obviously gets plugged in. If he is, he slides the small forward. And now we're going to bring Faku in. Like, no matter what, I think those guys are going to get their opportunities because not everybody is going to be healthy. We know that. Um, and no matter who gets hurt, that the one of those two guys is going to be that first guy up. And Bull Bull is another guy who, didn't even mention there, and and like if let's say Isaiah Hartenstein were to uh, were were to get injured, then you slide Jamichael Green to the five, and you plug in Bull Bull at the four, and you feel pretty good about it. And it may not be one of the other guys who gets plugged in, but Bull Bull then gets some minutes and feels a little bit right. better, uh, stays a little bit more engaged. So there, the Nuggets have a lot of good players. <laughs> like it's it's a really tough thing they to do. to They're have deep. as many awesome players as you do, and and. They're they're geared up and ready for if if there is an injury bug or if God forbid COVID were to strike. Uh, I'm hoping that that is not the case. Praying that that is not the case. But like, I I do think that Denver's probably the team that is best geared for any scenario in the in this in this upcoming season. Now, uh, two more things other so, than like defending LeBron James. But yeah, I mean <laughs> I, I I've made mention of that. Like, we'll see we'll see how that goes. Uh, Jamichael Green looked great. Uh, no, no, no. Jamichael Green is still adjusting. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. Like, Jamichael Green looked bad. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think, I think Jamichael Green. His, his defense is pretty good. Uh, that, that I will say. Like, right. like Carmelo Anthony had to fight for everything that he got uh, in that, in that particular matchup. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Jamichael Green figures it out because he is a good player, and, and Nuggets fans will like him for his defense. But He's going to be a guy who doesn't create a lot, and he's just kind of the fifth guy most of the time, and that's okay. You need a you yeah, need a fifth guy who can really just just fill in the gaps. He'll play the Paul Millsap role, like that's that's just what he does. Is he he fills in the gaps as as much as he can. They don't need a they don't need a fifth guy to uh, start doing more than that because then the Pistons are going to give him like twenty million dollars a year, and that's going to be a real problem for the Nuggets again. So. Yeah, the Nuggets um, are the Nuggets are never going to have a, a supporting cast player. Uh, like they are never gonna let a guy show anything from now on, just because like they they nope. can't they can't afford that at this point, right? No, and, and so the thing you gotta remember about Jamichael Green is the this is not a normal off season that he just went through. Like he's brand new to this team. He was like basically he signed, and there was like no time before suddenly you're putting on a uniform and playing games, right? So I mean he's been with the team for like. A month, and now and now he's out there. So it's gonna take some time for him to adjust, and and it's gonna happen with a lot of different guys. Are gonna have, you know, some some maybe slow moments. I think early on in the season, as they're kind of trying to gear gear back up and be, you know, be full strength, but at the same time, trying not to get over fatigued and and in the trying not to, you know, deal with all with all the different weird stuff that's gonna be going on with the season. So like. Jamaica Green's gonna be fine, and and it's just a it's just a you know get, he's gonna need some more time because he's coming to a brand new team and he got like literally two weeks uh, before before from the time he signed before he had to be at camp. So um, he's gonna be I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, patience is a virtue there, just like everything. 
Um, one more thing before we hit a break. Uh, guess which offensive or defensive rating was better in the Blazers game? What do you mean? So, like, the nugget, the, the offense and the defense were, like, really good. Uh, if you had to pick one, which was better? Like, wh- which was more encouraging to you? Uh, I probably would say probably the offense just because um, it's so weird because the Nuggets were uh, not a uh, – they've always been, you know, kind of considered uh, an offense first team, but they, they really weren't uh, last season. So – um, to me, to, for them to put up 126, uh, that was that was pretty impressive. Considering particularly that nobody scored more than 20, or nobody scored hit 20 points. I think Paul Millsap was your like high score at like 18. Uh, you are right that like the offense was encouraging. They had a 118.6 offensive rating in that game, which I thought was actually it was less than I thought it was. Uh, their right. pace their pace was pretty high, so that was one of the reasons why it it stood out a little bit. The defensive rating was 89.5. It's tough to win games uh, when you're, if you're the Blazers, if you're going up against an 89.5 defensive rating. Like, I, uh, that's, that's, that's like Detroit Pistons level. It, it, like, like, like yeah. prime, prime 2000s Ben Wallace Detroit Pistons level. It was, it was unbelievable when I, when I saw that number and I just, I just, I had a hard time fathoming it. And this team, like it was, it was the bench. It was the starters, uh, Nurkic was bad. Uh, Lillard and and McCollum couldn't really score. Like Melo couldn't score. Like yeah, they chucked Gary Trent was chucking shots and not hitting anything. Like yeah, they they hit nine out of thirty four threes, which was twenty six and a half percent. Twelve of sixteen from the free throw line, which which is less free throw attempts than you would want if you're the Blazers. Like the Nuggets did a really good job defensively, and so I I just I wanted to I wanted to throw that tidbit in there because it is something that I think is very encouraging. And that this Nuggets team may not be the worst defensive team in the NBA now that they lost Jeremy Grant, now that they lost Torrey Craig. They still have a lot of quality defensive pieces. And Michael Porter Jr. was making plays with his length and athleticism. So there are some uh, points of pride there. Yeah, agreed 100%. And I think, uh, you know, uh, people were worried about defense. And I was worried a little bit about the defense, obviously, with losing Jeremy Grant because I thought Jeremy Grant was. so it fits such a perfect hole in the Nuggets' defensive scheme, which is that that big perimeter defender, and and they may still run into that in, in the playoffs. But that was when you're really concerned about it, right? Like I mentioned before, like who's going to defend LeBron James? Like that's that's where you have that concern. But otherwise, I mean, in terms of like just generally replacing Jeremy Grant, if you're talking about defense, well, like Jamichael Green's going to be a pretty good replacement. He doesn't do exactly the same things. Um, on defense, but you essentially are sliding him into Jeremy Grant's spot in the rotation, and Jermichael Green is a very good defender. So right. it's it's I don't think that they're going to suffer too much um, defensively during during most normal games. It's going to be when you've got a seven game series and you're against Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James. Um, how are how are you going to scheme that? to be able to stop that because they're going to probably figure out pretty quick that Jermichael Green can't stay in front of those guys, and so then what are you going to do? So that's probably where it hurts them defensively, losing Jeremy Grant, I think, but certainly not not in terms of um, playing the Portland Trailblazers. Like, yeah, they, they're, they're better, probably better off with Jermichael Green in terms of defense than they would be with Jeremy Grant in that scenario. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. The uh, The great thing about the, the regular season is that LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, they only have to face each of those guys three times. Uh, right. That's twelve percent of their total season. 
uh, because they play 72 games, and that's out of nine or nine games out of 72. So that's some good math there. Uh, I'm so smart. Saying, that's also <laughs> <laughs> that's also dependent on whether or not guys like LeBron and Kawhi even suit up for when they play the Nuggets, because as we know, those guys are True. probably going to rest a lot this year. True. All right, let's hit a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the starting unit and the comments that Will Barton made to the media after the game on Wednesday night. We'll be right back. Denver Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here, joined today by Zach Mikosh, good friend of the program and, and one of my good friends. So thank you for, for stepping up and, and, and hanging out with me today, Zach. Anytime, sir, anytime. We're, uh, we're having a grand old time here at Denver Stiffs and uh, got to watch a really nice win. But one of the, one of the things that kind of came out of that uh, after this, this Wednesday night victory against the Blazers and they're going to play the Blazers again tonight, so we're, we're going to see what happens here. But Will Barton, uh, he made a strong return. That, was, that wasn't that was the really uh, tough part. He had nine points, three assists in 18 minutes. He was a plus 12. Uh, the three-point shot wasn't working for him, but pretty much everything else was. Uh, fit really well. He was asked about his fit as a sixth man off the bench and if that's and if what he would be like if that was what Malone asked of him. Uh, so I wanted to read out the full quote uh, of of his response, I I transcribed this myself, um, so people who are listening to this podcast can hear. Okay, this is exactly what he said. You ready, Zach? I'm ready. Okay, he says, "Like I said, I'm a starter. I looked comfortable out there because I'm just that good of a basketball player. I'm comfortable playing with anybody on the planet. It doesn't really matter. Like I said, I put a lot of hard work into this game." And I think it shows, like I said, when I'm healthy. So I have no plans being a sixth man. I have no desire to be that at all. Uh, your immediate reaction to hearing that quote? Uh, well, so first of all, uh, shout out to Kendra Andrews uh, for, for getting that quote for us. She was the one who asked that uh, question. Um, Kendra's with The Athletic. Make sure you guys are checking her out. Great, great work that she does. But um, my immediate reaction, like I said, was... Uh, yeah, well, that's that's Will. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to say much much anything else. Like, I think if anybody if anybody was expecting Will to come in and say, "Yeah, man, I think you know what, six man's gonna be good for me," particularly when he can opt out at the end of the year, um, and so he is kind of you know somewhat in a contract year. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think anybody should have expected Will to be like, "Yeah, I want to be a six man." Like, we know Will, and and like I said before, it's not even not even Will. I think that's it's it should be a common trait pretty much again with any NBA player is that they want to be a starter. Um, and that they should not want to come off the bench. That's that's that you want those guys with that type of mentality on your team. So it, it did not surprise me um, at all that that's what he said. So Paul Millsap said something different uh, when when asked. He was like, "Hey, w- whatever the team needs, whatever Coach Malone wants, I'm I'm comfortable uh, starting. Coming off the bench doesn't matter." Uh, Jamichael Green said the same thing, although he's probably in a different position as a newcomer to the team. Um, right. I found his comments pretty interesting because there are just a finite number of spots. And and saying that you're a starter is different than like like if 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 you're on a new team and, and there's a bunch of new pieces, then that's fine. But the other four members of the team that he started with to open the, the season last year, 
they're all still there. They're all still projected to start. The only projected change right now is Michael Porter Jr., who, for obvious reasons, is being penciled into the starting lineup, like because of what he showed in the bubble. So right. I, I, I understand where Will is coming from because he is a competitive person, because he's real. He'll, he, he has a, a family to feed and he has people in his life that he wants to keep happy. And he wants to keep himself happy, and starting clearly is what makes him happy. He he's wanted that for a long time, and one of the stipulations about his first contract extension with Denver, or actually second contract extension with Denver, the four-year, fifty-three million dollar deal, was that he would be a starter. And Denver granted him that wish. The problem was that he got hurt twice, two years in a row. And right. I can also understand it from Denver's perspective that they're like, yeah, I know that we said that, Will, but you haven't delivered on your end of the bargain by staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fairly healthy. He was he was on a good good run last year, and then you know he wasn't able to participate in the bubble, which um, really kind of uh, hurt his stock because at the same time that meant Michael Porter Jr. wasn't going to play, and and he really showed out particularly uh, in those seeding games. So. It's a tough change to make. We also know that the Nuggets tried really hard to trade Gary Harris, uh, or it was rumored the Nuggets tried really hard to trade Gary Harris this this offseason. So maybe at the same time, from their view, you're like, well, yeah, Will, we might have had a starting spot for you, um, but we still have Gary here, and so Gary is going to kind of slot in as our defender at, at shooting guard. Now, they may have been trying to trade Gary Harris for somebody like Drew Holiday, and Will would still be in the same position um, that he's in today anyways. Right. But... You know that's the, the, I think there's there's certainly some belief uh, from the Nuggets in too that yeah Will Barton is 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 a starter level uh, player. The problem is 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 like you said there's there's just a lot of a lot of talented people on this team and it's there's just not there's there's you've got six maybe even seven starting caliber players on this team but you only have five starting spots so that means guys like a Jermichael Green or a Paul Millsap one of those two guys is going to end up coming off the bench and either Will Barton or Gary Harris is going to come off the bench. Um, as well, and it certainly seems like as of right now, uh, that Will's going to be that guy. So it's you know, like I mean, it is what it is. Like this is just the situation the Nuggets are going to have to handle. Do I think Will Barton is going to become a locker room cancer and a, a discontent if he doesn't start? No, I don't. I mean, Will is still uh, a guy who is who's a professional. Who's let's put the, he's not going to go Yusuf Nurkic on him, right? So, right. like, I, th- I think they'll find a way through. Will he be thrilled about coming off the bench? No, he won't. But, um, again, I think I think if you would expect him to feel any differently, then that's just probably just not really understanding where, where Will is and, and, and kind of his mentality. Yeah, it's true. And, and obviously, he's super competitive. And, and we... Like, right. like that's, that's one of the great things about Will Barton is that he is, has been the competitive heartbeat of this team at various points throughout his tenure here. Like he he's one of the guys that they look to in the locker room for his voice. And, and he's the guy who gets everybody pumped up, who gets everybody into a good situation and into a good mental health space, uh, mental head space, excuse me. Uh, but like, I, I understand where he's coming from too, because I think he's better in a vacuum than Gary Harris is. I think he's, I think he's better in a vacuum than will, than Paul Millsap is. Agreed. And as and right now, like if I gotta play a game tomorrow and it's for the to save the world, and I gotta choose whether I'm gonna play Michael Porter Jr. or Will Barton, like I'm probably choosing Will Barton, right? 
I, I don't, I don't know Jr. about that. Maybe. Like, you, you, you could can't, be right. You can't tell me that Michael Porter Jr. is a better player today than Will Barton is. Cause it's, there's no way. There's no way he's better. Because he's terrible on defense. <laughs> he's not terrible. Uh, he, he's, he, oh, he's the he, worst defender in the league. Come uh, on. Oh, that, that, He's the that worst is defender t- in the league. Don't let don't let two right preseason there. games change what we saw in the playoffs. The worst defender didn't, in the league. Didn't he make progress? Isn't isn't that like no. what, we're, what we're talking about here? Like I thought he made tangible progress in the bubble, and and there was a a reason why he was able to stick on the floor in crunch time in several of those games. So, like even when teams attacked him, the like they, they couldn't attack him in fully. Uh, but but they closed with them, and closing in a playoff game is so much more important than starting. You know that. Sure, worst defender in the league. Okay, okay. Well, we're maybe, maybe we should have a bet on that at some point because Trey Young still exists. Uh, <laughs> so, and they they played together, by the way. So, um, so the only difference between Michael Porter Jr. and Trey Young then is one of them six eleven, and which is a tangible difference. Come on, now it's it's kind maybe, of a big deal. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but he's got them big. He's got them big long strides out at the perimeter. They these, the quick guys will get around him too fast. So. Uh. Um, but, but okay, so obviously a different opinion there. But yeah, I would I would say today Will Barton is a better basketball player than Michael Porter Jr. That might not be the, Look, the truth at the end he of the might season. Be. It's it's close enough that I think you could make that argument for sure. Um, I I don't think it's going to end the season that way, and there's there's a reason to believe that on all sides that Michael Porter Jr. is going to take real tangible steps this season if given an opportunity to do so, and that's one of the reasons why I think he's locked into the starting lineup at this point. Am, am I wrong in, in saying that he's probably the third person locked into that starting group? Oh, for sure. I mean, and if you look at uh, the way the Nuggets are, you just look at the way they're marketing it. Like they've they've are they're they're putting out <laughs> yeah phone wallpapers with big three, and Michael Porter Jr. is yeah. one of the three of them in there. So. That is definitely yeah, true, I mean, and that is definitely something they are doing. <laughs> so yeah, so like it's it's certainly uh, you know I mean Malone's probably going to be the last one to the table on that idea, but. Um, but he's he himself has called Michael Porter Jr. a franchise cornerstone. So, like, yeah, I, I think he is absolutely 100% locked into that starting lineup. Like I said, if Will Barton gets into the starting lineup, it's because he's taking Gary Harris's spot, not Michael Porter Jr.'s. Now, there, there has been discussion about them potentially moving Paul Millsap to the bench and instead playing Harris, Barton, and Porter all together. Uh, that's probably your five most talented players. That's probably your five best players at this point. Uh, is that tangible? Is that reasonable to think that they could they could do that? Because I, I think that it, it makes everything complicated on the back end. But it, and like like I I don't know. Like we just saw Isaiah Hartenstein look really good, and and you're definitely not benching him, and uh, like or you would have to bench him in favor of uh, Paul Millsap and Joe Michael Green off the bench. Yeah, you would. I mean, you'd have to play one of those guys at at center. Um... Because I don't think you want to play one of them at small forward, so there that would you would certainly have to scale back Hartenstein, uh, which yeah I don't think you would necessarily want to do just the way he's looked in these first two preseason games. Um, but again, it's preseason; it could be very much a mirage. He could just be two good games sure. against, um, you know, playing against the back backups subpar uh, centers like minutes. like Yusuf Nurkic yeah. yeah, and Cantor. Cantor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's nobody. Andy's Cantor's made a lot of guys look good in their careers. Um, that is true. <laughs> another, he's he's probably in top ten worst defenders in the league as well. But they're like they, the the thing about pulling Millsap out of the starting lineup is one. There's the, there's the the optics of it, right? Of of hey, here's our quote unquote veteran leader, and we're gonna bench him. 
um, to play the guy who's complaining about being a six, having to be the sixth man. Like you know they, that that could be um, something that they they may be considering. The other thing is is Paul Millsaps looked pretty good, man. Like yeah, these, I know he, was, he looked awful uh, in in a lot of the playoffs, but um, he also had some huge moments in the playoffs as well. So. Like you know, they, they, it's hard. It's hard. I think to to make that move. It's especially hard when you consider the person making the decision is Michael Malone, um, who's basically got like one trust guy left now on the roster, and that's Paul Millsap. So yeah, it's. I, I think well, actually Gary Harris is probably a big trust guy as well. But so that's that again. It's gonna be the same uh, trouble getting Gary Harris to start off. Like these are guys that Malone trusts on defense in particular, and we know how important that is to him. Um, so I think that that's the battle that you have to fight there with with starting Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I'm I'm over or not sorry sorry starting Will Barton and, and benching Paul Millsap. Yeah, I, I I agree, and and we didn't get to it, but like the starting of Will Barton for Gary Harris also makes things tougher for the bench unit because then you're start or then you're playing. Uh, uh, Campasso, you're playing yeah, Morris, you're playing Morris. Harris off the bench. Uh, if you play all three of those guys, you're really small. If you right. play Dozier instead of one of those guys, then that means that one of those guys that's good isn't playing. And if it's if right. it's Harris that isn't playing, then like that's that is that's a really bad that's sign. Not work. Yeah, um, yeah, you can't have twenty million not playing. Yeah, that's a, that's a bad sign. Um, so I still think that this probably ends in a trade of some sort. I still think that they're that the Nuggets aren't done kind of crafting their roster a little bit. Uh, but I think what it's going to stand for right now is that Barton's just going to have to kind of suck it up. Like he's just going to have to deal with this situation. It's an, it's a suboptimal thing for him, but I, I mentioned this in, in my article today, uh, championship contenders have really good players on them. That's what makes them championship contenders. And sometimes there are more than five starter caliber players. In this case, there are six that the Nuggets have. Like, I think, I think to Michael Green, I think you could pencil him in on the bench. Like that's okay. Um, uh, but he's, he's more of a spot starter that you don't want starting. But, like, the other six guys are starter caliber. I think it's I think it's pretty clear. And when you don't have them in there, uh, one of them one of them is obviously going to have to sit. It's not going to be Murray. It's not going to be Porter. It's not going to be Jokic. The best thing for the team right now, I think, is for it to be Will Barton because he makes a lot of the things run on the bench unit because he's a really good player. So, right. I hope that the Nuggets can find a way to get him 25 to 30 minutes a game off the bench. Maybe he closes games in favor of Harris or in favor of Millsap at points. But for right now, I think he's just going to have to come off the bench and deal with it. That's that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I don't I don't think there's going to be any changes uh, to the starting lineup immediately and, and probably not unless somebody completely falls off a cliff. Again, I mean, we're we're talking about Harris and Millsap. Uh, if one of those two guys just is awful, then maybe uh, you see that move. Or if one of them gets hurt, or if anybody, if anybody outside of Jokic um, gets hurt in that in that starting lineup, then you're you're putting in Will Barton. So um, the opportunities are going to be there for him. But you're right. I mean, for right now, he's just going to have to accept the fact that he's going to be six man. And the fact of the matter is, is like like you said, the Nuggets need that because there's a ton of talent and, and a ton of playmaking with guys like Campasso and, and Morris, um, PJ Dozier. None of those guys are what you would call scorers. None of those guys are, hey, there's the clock's getting down to 10 seconds and everything's locked up. We need to give it to a guy to just do one-on-one and try and get a bucket. Like none of those guys do it. And I thought we saw that that was really evident. Um, 
particularly in the first shift of that first preseason game that the that the bench played, like they really struggled to put together some points. And in having a Will Barton, a guy who can manufacture points for himself all by himself, like having someone like that in that bench unit, I think is very much needed. It's why guys win six man of the year. It's why right. there's, you know, you every team seems to want to have that guy is because they need that spark off the bench. They need someone to spark uh, the group when they come off the bench and, and then also be able to carry the load while your star scoring players are, are uh, taking a rest. So, Will is the only guy that really – Paul Millsap and Gary Harris are not that guy. So Will is the guy that really fits that role, um, and it works best for the team. So that's that's the thing that I think Will's going to have to take a step back and look at right now is his understanding, yeah, this is um, maybe not the best, most ideal thing for me, but it is the most ideal thing for the team. Uh, and that sucks. Like, I get that, particularly if you're in a contract year. Like, uh, I'm never going to be a person who's going to talk about loyalty to the team in professional sports. Because uh, the team has no loyalty to you, but like it, it, it just the fact of the matter is, is like that's kind of that is what kind of how it works. Yeah. So, so here's how I'd respond to that. And it's it's one of the things I actually wanted to mention because that that is something that a lot of people are talking about when when saying, "Hey, Will's right to say these things." Like he's he's perfectly within his rights to say these things. I I think so. I think yeah, that's probably true. But the Nuggets have also taken care of him, like. He they left him in and and tried to let him work through his issues in the 2019 playoffs as much as possible before Malone ultimately benched him for what was best for the team. And they went to Torrey Craig and and they immediately had a jump and that was what they needed at that moment. And instead of like really messing around with him the next season, they started him and he delivered and they put him into a really good position to succeed, I thought, and he did succeed. Before that, they made him the sixth man. And before that, or actually like in between those two things, they gave him a four-year, $53 million contract. Like, they, yeah, but he earned that deal. He did earn that deal, and the Nuggets rewarded him for it. I think that that's, that's a, an important piece of this thing, is that they, gave, they have rewarded him with contracts every step of the way. If he opts out and says that he wants another contract with Denver, they will probably sign him to one. Like I, I, I think that if they're in that position and they feel like, hey, Will Barton is really good and he's going to do what's best for the team and he's going to help us win, they will pay him as such. And they, they have continued to pay him. So like it, I think that they should also be like, – like the Nuggets themselves should be given a little bit of credit for this thing and given a little bit of like like – they have really big goals, and it takes a lot of sacrifice for everybody involved in order to win those, in order to do those things, in order to make those things happen. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. last year, or even this year, let's say, Michael Porter Jr. could probably be the face of Team X. Like, he could probably be the face of the Charlotte Hornets right now, and and he would be the face of their rebuild, and he would score 25, and he would be uh, getting a shoe deal, and like doing all the things that Trey Young is doing, for example. Uh, but he has to sacrifice because he wants to contribute to a winner. And he may not like it, but that's just kind of how it is. Uh, everybody has to sacrifice on a contender. And it's important for everybody to understand that. And I feel for Will Barton, but the Nuggets have also taken care of Will Barton in the past. And if if he does right by them, they will do right by him. Yeah. Um, and I, like I said, and I think he will. I, I don't think he's going to become a malcontent. Like I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Even if he, he remains on the bench, um, I just think it's you know he believes he's a starting level player and that, that he's earned that that role. And uh, um, 
that that you know that, that that that's the caliber of guy he is, and 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 I think he's right to think that. It's just it's it's a it's a, it's a numbers game, right? He's just getting squeezed um, because because like you said, the Nuggets got got six starting guys, and he's the kind of the one who got squeezed out of a. Uh, of the starting lineup, which makes sense too, because he was the guy who was the coming back from injury as well. So you would naturally bring him along the slowest, um, and and it just may have been, you know, it's just one of those scenarios where like, yeah, it sucks that to lose your job to injury, but uh, there was a guy waiting in the wings who's we think has the the ability to become, you know, a a franchise cornerstone. So we that you're going to just end up losing out your job to him, and and that's just the way it goes. It's just part of the business, but. Again, I mean, it's it could all be for nothing because uh, I mean Gary Harris is is well known as a guy who struggles with injuries, so I, I think Will's going to get plenty of opportunity to start, and it could be as very well as be something like Gary Harris goes down and gets hurt, and Will comes into the starting lineup, and plays really well, the bench is able to still hold their own without him on there, and then by the time Gary Harris gets back, you know maybe he's the guy who's who's coming off the bench from from then on. So hundred percent, um, there's going to be opportunities. Hundred uh, percent. You know who most of the waking world thinks is better than Will Barton. Lou Williams, like, like a, a really good, a really good bench player who, who spent a lot of his time off the bench and, and was dominant off the bench in that case. So like, I right. think that it may, maybe that's not the case right this very second. Hold on though. Hold on. Let's, let's put it to the test. How much does Lou Williams get paid? Oh, actually that's a, <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> <laughs> now he's Lou Williams is uh, a little bit older, so there's that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how much he's getting. Because did he he had a did he get a new contract? Yeah, so Lou Williams is getting um, so he's getting eight million. So he's getting four million bucks less a year than than Will Barton. So Nuggets take care of their say, own. People think right. Yeah, well that that is true. Um, Nuggets certainly uh make sure to pay their guys. But um, some might say that people think uh, Will's better than than. Lou Williams, because the proof is in the in the dollars. That's true. It is true, and I think it will is way better than Lou Williams. So oh, yeah, let, let that be For clear. Sure. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to hit on the remaining questions heading into the regular season. back final segment of the denver stiff show joining today with zach mikosh uh, had a good time talking about the starting lineup had a good time talking about some of the previous things that have gone on but i want to i want to hit on five of my big questions heading into the regular season some of them will be answered on friday uh some of them will may they may not be answered uh we will we'll just have to see uh my first one is who starts on friday <laughs> because I think it would be really funny if, if Michael Mullen changed up the starting lineup and put Will Barton in there right now. Uh, Jermichael Green is out. <laughs> uh, who do you think starts? Yeah, I was going to say, is there anybody else who's who's listed? Um, let's see. Hold on. Let me give me the real quick. No, nope, nobody's right listed, now. by the way. Nobody's Official listed. Injury reports. Is it nobody listed or they just haven't submitted? Uh, they no, just haven't uh, submitted. Well, I, I, saw, I saw it on the game notes that were emailed out. Um yeah. Uh-huh. No. Oh, so they. Oh, I see how it is. Gotcha. So they, they email you out the game notes, but they can't bother to submit their injury report to the NBA. <laughs> Why would they? It's they gotta take care of your own. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I guess. Um. So yeah. So if nobody else is up, but then then who plays? So who plays? I. I would. I would assume we would do something a little bit different with the starting lineup. Um. 
and and maybe give some of these guys a rest. So I mean, I don't know if like there's part of me that's like, is there any reason to play Nikola Jokic in this game at all? Because I don't see one. Like, I would definitely not play him, and I would start Hartenstein. Um, I if Jamichael Green's out, then you're probably starting then Paul Millsap. <laughs> Uh, I would still start Porter because I think you need to get him as many minutes as possible, and 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 Gary Harris, and um, so maybe and then maybe not play Jamal Murray and and start Monty Morris. So that's what I'll go with. I'll go with Morris, Harris, uh, Porter, Millsap, Hardenstein. That's an interesting. I never really considered this with the with the idea of rest in mind. Uh, I I was more considering hey. Maybe maybe Michael Mullen is listening to Will Barton a little bit, and he wants to try Will out with the with the group, and and instead of, but instead of removing Harris Porter or Millsap, you removed the other two. So that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> well, because again, tell me like what what reason is there to play Nikola Jokic in a meaningless game and risk him getting hurt right before the start of the regular season? Like the guy is clearly ready to go. So yeah, what more do we need to see? I I think that the important thing for Jokic and for Murray in particular is to get used to passing the ball to Michael Porter Jr. And like that, that being a part of their actual like thing that they have to work on, because if there is one thing that I think they have to work on, it is actually passing the kid, the ball. Like that's, that's, it, it sounds kind of lame and it sounds kind of like, Oh man, you're just Michael Porter fanboying, but no, like they, there's actually tangible signs in, in some of the film that, they they will instead defer to their own sets rather than the the correct read being to pass the ball to Michael Porter Jr. So I I think that getting that group as much chemistry as possible is important. So if it were up to me, I would play the same starters in the first half and then not play them in the second half. Or I'd I'd play Porter and maybe Gary Harris. Or maybe not even. Like maybe maybe just leave Porter in there and, and bench Murray Harris, uh Millsap and Jokic. Yeah. Yeah, I could uh I mean I, I could see that too. I uh that wouldn't be a, a bad idea. But yeah, definitely like there is definitely no reason to be playing uh guys like Murray and Jokic in the second half of this game. Like there's sure. to me at this point like for me at this game and, it, and it's such a weird preseason cuz it, it was so quick. I mean, it was one week and it's done. But um there's also part of me that's like, you know, uh Let's just let's just get through it. Like that's that's all we need to do. Like I don't care what happens in this game at all, other than make sure nobody gets hurt. True, and and I think that's a reasonable point to take. Uh, this game is going to occur on the 18th of December, and the Nuggets will play their first regular season opener on the 23rd. So right. five days from that point, they will have they'll have time, and and you don't want a guy to get a a bump or a bruise. Uh, we've seen Jamichael Green. He's going to be out with a left calf strain. He'll probably be back, but strains are are difficult. Like you, you never know when a guy is actually going to be back. Like it's very possible Jamichael Green is not back and ready for the regular season opener. So I am. I think it is. It is justified to rest the starters in the second half of this game, which will be fun because the Nuggets have a second and third unit that actually whips ass. So like, it'd be great. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I mean, when you think about that first preseason game, the most, the best part of it was the when the last guys at the end of the bench were playing. True. And and honestly, like like it was that for for this Portland game as well. Like they just absolutely yeah, dominated true. the fourth quarter. Um. Okay. Anytime you get Faku in there, man. Yeah that that is true. But I'm I'm he's actually not my next question. My my second question right. is, can we get some more bull bull, please? Can we get some more bull? Well, if the guy's going to put up, what, 10 points and 6 rebounds in 6 minutes, like, that should probably be an indication uh, that maybe we should try and get him some more minutes. Yeah, Bull Bull's on the outside looking in. I got to just say, man, I wonder if it's a, 
I wonder if it's a commitment thing. I've, I've, uh, there's some things I think when I see Bol Bol out on the court that it's just like, man, he, uh, maybe not even commitment, sorry, where like, maybe he shy, I'll put it, he shies away from physicality. Yeah. And, and I get it. Like, the guy is like 7'2 and probably weighs 120 pounds, but like, he's, he, for, for someone who has the ability to be as impactful as he can be in the paint, particularly on defense, like, he can't, he can't shy away from contact. He can't, and, and on offense too. Like he, he's got to be willing to crash the boards. Um, I said that I said this last year when we were in the in the bubble, watching him play, and I was like, Bull Bull has got to be the. I can't think of another guy who's as tall as he is that plays as short as he does. Like that. Interesting. Like I, I, it's and now obviously the the thing to to take remove from that is 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 not the shot blocking right because the dude's got a stupid long wingspan so he's gonna block shots no matter what but like I just feel like 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 he's not a guy who's gonna body people up um on the rest. he's not a guy who's I just like feel like is going to just be like I said just be a more of a physical guy like he he feels like he's a guy who's who's going to get rebounds not necessarily by boxing people out um, or jumping and trying to get it at its peak. Like, he's a guy who seems content to kind of just stand there and, well, I'm, you know, I've got a seven foot seven wingspan, so I should probably be able to reach up um, and, and just grab this ball, which worked great at Oregon. It's not going to work as well in the NBA. So I wonder if it's not – if it's not a, this guy is just not there yet in terms of being ready to play at an NBA level, uh, the physicality of the NBA level, to, to have the motor that he needs to be at um, at an NBA level. And maybe that's why he's he's not getting as many minutes as, as people had hoped. It's very possible. Uh, Jamichael Green is kind of the opposite of that. Not a, not a tools guy, but definitely a, a physical rebounder right. grinder type like he, he said his identity is grit and grind that's that's where he came from with memphis so that's right. it's very interesting and i i i'm curious as to whether he'll get into this game and show out because uh they're gonna have an opportunity to play him with jamichael green sitting this last preseason game and it may be the last time that he gets a, a full-time rotation spot unless somebody gets injured so i'm i'm Hopeful that they use him frequently. I hope he gets 20, 25 minutes and and he gets to show some of his skills because he does have a lot of skills. He does have like he's that ultimate skill player uh, from Oregon that you, that you see that they that the football team drafts. Um, right. And, and he's the the wide receiver type who like he's definitely not there for his blocking skills. He's D'Anthony Thomas. He's a, he's a guy who's there for his his athleticism, who's there for his skill set, and he's going to score the basketball. And I hope that he continues to figure things out in terms of the fundamentals of the game. Uh, clearly, he has all of the skills on lock. He keeps bringing the ball up the court in transition and does a pretty good job with it. So I, I hope we get to see a little bit more. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, because, like, again, 10 points and six rebounds in six minutes. Like, man, that's that's not easy to do. Like. And and he's done that in he's done that a couple times. We saw that in the bubble too. Like he's he's a guy kind of like Jokic, kind of like Porter. Where man, the production per minute that you get out of these guys can just be insane. So it's like you've got to get him minutes because the, when you give it to him, he produces. It's just a matter of again, it's going to be a trust thing with with Malone too. Like does Malone trust him on defense? Um, is Malone willing to 
deal with his growing pains while he's also chasing, you know, uh, trying to basically win a championship. So there's there's going to be – he's going to have some difficulties. But if he gets that opportunity, he's, it's going to be, I think, very similar to Michael Porter Jr. If he gets that opportunity to show out, if he gets a chance to play significant minutes in a rotation for, you know, a stretch of games and he, and he plays well, like it might be a situation where it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to play this kid. We can't. We can't ignore the production that we get when he's on the court. Can I give you a prediction? Yes. I'm going to go ahead and predict that uh, Murray, one of Harris or Barton, Porter, Jamichael Green, Nikola Jokic is the the lineup that finishes the season, uh, in the, the, the starting lineup that finishes the season, and Bull Bull is a consistent bench player in place of Paul Millsap. Wow, that's a this is a, this is a bold prediction, but uh, I like it. I like it. I don't. Uh, I would say I, I don't share your um, your optimism of that happening, but um, it could. I mean, it, it certainly could. I just don't. It's hard for me to see them benching Paul Millsap. And and maybe they don't. Maybe they say, hey, we we know that we're going to commit to Jema- or we know that we're going to commit to Bull Bull. Uh, we know that we like Paul Millsap and what he provides. So maybe we're going to bench Isaiah Hartenstein. And and instead, right. Paul Millsap runs of the five next to Bull Bull on the bench unit, and and they do something like that. But like you said, if the talent is that high, then it might be a situation where kind of like Malik Beasley and Watcher Hernan Gomez, that Tim Connolly might just decide for Michael Malone. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we won't trade Bull Bull and uh, you know R.J. Hampton to get a first round pick, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, that's down the line. You got to wait a couple of years. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you got to wait till they're on expiring deals and you got no more leverage <laughs> than you pull that deal. Uh, okay. Um, third is, is the Morris Dozier Barton green Hartenstein lineup. Is that the regular bench unit? Is that the, the 10, the, if the rotation is 10 players deep, is Faku not in the rotation? Is that, is that where we're at with this thing? That's probably my next question. Uh, that I want to see answered heading into the regular season. We may not get that answered until down the line, but uh, kind of like what you were saying with with Gary Harris potentially getting injured down the line, Will Barton stepping into that starting spot, uh, Faku might just have to wait for a Monte Morris injury or a P.J. Dozier injury or a Will Barton injury or something akin to that. Right. Well, yeah, like, like we are saying, I mean, it could be an injury to a lot of guys because they're, the versatility the Nuggets have, um, particularly two through four, they can they can uh, shuffle guys around guys who might be playing the three. They can shuffle to the four to the two, and then um, make some. Or they could shuffle a guy who's playing the one. They could shuffle Monty Morris over to the two, and then bring in Faku that way. Like there's there's ways that they can do it. No matter if as long as it's just someone gets hurt. But it, I just it, it, I mean it it looks that way, right? It looks like Faku might be the the odd man out. It's just incredibly surprising to me that that would be the case because I can't imagine he would have come to the Nuggets without having that discussion. Um, and I'm sure Malone would have been involved in that discussion of being like, hey, man, are you guys going to guarantee that I'm going to play, that I'm not just going to be a bench guy? Because uh, I, if I, you know, I would probably rather take my millions of euros and superstardom here in, um, in Spain playing for the best team in Europe than rather than go ride the bench um, for half right. the money. With the Nuggets, you know, so like I, 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 it's just really weird for me that he would not be part of that rotation. That that, that wouldn't have been a just known um, before he ever came here. 
But that that is, I guess, I guess that is one thing maybe we'll find out in the game um, here on Friday is, you know, if if I say this, if Malone goes back to that same bench rotation again with Faku being the, the odd man out, then yeah, obviously that that's probably the way he's going to go. If he plays Faku instead of PJ Dozier, then maybe he's still trying to figure it out and it could be um, a scenario. But I think it comes down to that where it's it's going to be either PJ Dozier or, or, or Faku Campozo. One of those two guys um, is going to be that 10th guy. And then we've seen Malone in the past. He's he's mentioned he doesn't like doing this, but we have seen him go 11 deep with his rotations. Um, and so maybe that's just what he does. And, and both Faku and PJ are getting like 10 to 12 minutes a game. With Green out tomorrow, I, I would guess that uh, Michael Porter Jr. actually slides into the... Actually, no, no, no. I, I think that they're going to keep it 10 deep. They'll probably... Like, that's what I would do in a regular season situation is I would I would slide Michael Porter Jr. to bench four and just bring in Barton sooner. Um, but you never know. You never know what they're what he's actually thinking and and whether that changes ultimately. But um, moving on, uh, Zach, you wrote about the rookies, uh, I think, last week. Uh, do you think this is the last time that we see the rookies for a while? We, we've got... Faku Campazo, I he'll probably be around, but like right. uh Bull Bull is technically a rookie, he might be around, but you've got uh Zeke Naji, RJ Hampton, Marcus Howard, Greg Whittington is technically a rookie, so are are we gonna see those guys at all? Uh I think three of them definitely probably not. Um, which would be RJ Hampton, Marcus Howard, and um Whittington. I mean you say that, but you never know. I mean, I mean, nobody thought Tor Craig was going to play when he was a rookie, and then uh, by the end of the season, he was getting he was like a regular rotation. Yeah, guy, we just so. haven't seen Whittington yet, so I'm I'm curious yeah, exactly. to see what no he looks like, what he does. But I, so the one guy I think that potentially is is Zeke Naji because he is your third center. Um, so an injury to either Jokic or Hartenstein. I don't know that you don't go with him. You might not, like we talked about. You might just go with Michael Green and Paul Millsap and play small ball five. But I, you know, I thought Zeke Naji has looked pretty solid so far. Oh yeah. Um, in these preseason games, like that guy, that guy is going to. I mean, he can shoot it. Like he can shoot from three, and and that is, um, he can shoot from three, and he can block shots, and he can rebound. Like that's a guy who plays in the NBA. Like that's, that's a skill set that is really actually quite coveted in the NBA. So I, I think he might be the one with some injuries. If some injuries happen that he might get a chance um, to play some minutes, but the other guys like it, like, okay, Marcus Howard and, and uh, Greg Whittington, they're, they're, um, they're two way guys, right? So they're, they're not, you're not planning. If you're going into a season planning on playing your two way guys, you got you got a bad plan, sure. But R.J. Hampton, he might be that. You know, he's not. He's a first round pick. But we, but you got to think about. You know, if Will Barton's having a hard time uh, and is getting shoved down in the rotation, I mean, R.J. Hampton is nowhere close, right? If if we're talking about, well, are we going to find minutes for 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 Faku and P.J. P.J. Dozier? Well, then yeah. But R.J. Hampton's behind all those guys, so like he's just buried. I think uh, on this roster right now, so he's going to be uh, a guy who I wouldn't expect to see, and he's also a guy who's really raw, who didn't get to play a ton of minutes um, after high school, who left high school a year early. Like he's. He's a kid. He's a baby, and he's sure. barely even scratched the surface of pref- professional basketball. Like, send that guy to the G League if there is a G League. Uh, whatever they end up doing there, hopefully there'll be some sort of 
option where they can give him, because that's what that guy needs. He needs some seasoning uh, down in the G League to, to just get him not quite as raw. And then maybe next season, you know, he's on he's on that path that, that Michael Porter Jr. and Bull Bull are on, where he's probably not going to play at all at a rookie year. He really won't play much his sophomore season, maybe uh, a little bit spots here and there. And then maybe by his junior year, by his third year of his deal, now he's starting to really break into the rotation. Yeah, he's a guy who I think really just needs grown man strength. Uh, somebody right. who, who gets into an NBA strength and conditioning program and instead of being an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, he is 22, 23, and he's had a couple of years and just kind of understands the rigors of the NBA and, and, and really starts to have things click for him. So I, I'm still high on RJ Hampton. Like, we, we only oh, yeah, saw for him sure. for the one game, and, and like, I think he's, he's he looked fine. He looked good. So he's, he's going to be an It'll athletic be guy. Uh, kind of like a Zach Levine. It'll be interesting to see if he plays uh, tomorrow because I think he was out with illness. Um, and then I don't think they said if it was like flu or something. Obviously, it wasn't COVID. But um, so it'll be interesting to say if see if he's he, if it was just kind of a quick stomach bug kind of thing and he's uh, going to be ready to go on Friday. There, it'd be nice to see him get some more minutes um, before before the end of the preseason because, like we've been saying, I don't think he's going to see much after that. Last question I have before we head on out of here. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to take uh, for the Denver vets to trust Michael Porter Jr. fully. Uh, clearly, there is some level of at least uh, hesitance, I would say. Like, it, it's not perfect. Like, like you, you can see them viscerally react when a, when, when a, a bad shot goes up and, and – Despite the fact that he has that talent, despite the fact that he's he's good with it, and that he could make those just as often as he misses some bad shot attempts, like I think that the vets don't see him in that light yet. So, how long do you think it's going to take before he gets fully adjusted in there? I'd give it till about well, I would have said January in a normal year. So I'll just give it till February. Um, okay. But about, about, about like two, about, about a month and a half, six weeks or so, and then they'll finally be, I think, fully, uh, fully because that's that's how it takes for it's just how it goes for any time they add somebody to the starting lineup. It takes them about six weeks, four to six weeks before they're really kind of in the flow of things. So I mean, that's that's yeah. So if we're talking four to six weeks, we're talking we're talking back into January, early February. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, sometimes it even takes an injury for for other guys to step in, and then right. uh, maybe maybe Porter is a guy who steps up in that case. Like let's say let's say Murray were to turn an ankle or something, and and they bring in Monte Morris as the as the primary starter at that position, but they know that hey they're going to go with Jokic as the the main option, and Porter is the second option, and maybe that starts helping them define some roles a little bit better. Uh, but I don't know, I don't know what it's going to take, and and I think that like everything, it just kind of takes time. Uh, but how long that takes could ultimately help or hinder the Nuggets in being a high seed in the in the West this year because I think they have a really high capability uh, of of being even a one seed. Uh, I think I think I could really see them them pushing that envelope if they if they start to click. But uh, if it does take time, then maybe they drop to four or five or six. Yeah, um, I mean you hope not. You, you'd hope that they'd well, not that I don't know. If- home court advantage is going to mean anything this year, but um, you'd like them to stay in those top four seeds and, um, you know, uh, host, host at least one round or, or have home court advantage for at least one round of the, 
of the playoffs, but that's you know these are long term things. I think I think if you're more or less if you've got Michael Porter Jr. on board, if you're looking to him consistently, if he's getting above 15 points a game, um, and and more consistently closer to 20, then you know then if if you're doing that by February, then you're probably still going to have enough time to uh, really really make a good run at it because if you could unlock him and, and figure out how to make him work in conjunction with Murray and, and Jokic, then you really do have that big three going at least on the offensive end. Um, and, and that's going to win you a lot of games. So they're just going to have to work through it. It's going to take time. And you know, when they get there, hopefully it's going to be some really awesome basketball. Looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, any parting thoughts before we, before we head on out of here? Um, I don't, I don't, other than, man, like, I really hope they play Composo. I really do, like, that guy is one of the most fun players I've ever watched, and I've only really watched him for two games, so <laughs> I'm hoping he gets tons of minutes. He's he's made a large impact, and, and I, I love to see the uh, the Argentinian crowd, uh, the Spanish crowd that is in uh, the Zoom calls for the media. That's that's always pretty interesting, because there's a, there's a lot of foreign questions, there's a lot of, uh, like, questions that are asked and answered in Spanish by Composo. Uh, so it's 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 like he really has a strong following from where he came from to uh, yeah to I mean, come was, to Denver. He, like I said, he's a superstar in in Spain. That guy is in 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 Liga ACB. That guy's one of the best players. Like it's like getting Chris Paul from that league. You know, Hell, and Steph Curry over here. Yeah, right. He's an MVP. Exactly. Like it, it just exactly. it makes a lot of sense. So I look forward to seeing him on the court again. He'll definitely get some run. In this third preseason game, whether whether it comes in in droves or in sparse amounts in the regular season, that remains to be seen, unfortunately. But Zach, it's been fun, man. I, I always appreciate my conversations with you. Uh, you'll be back on on Monday, right? Breaking down the final preseason game. That's right. That's right. We'll be breaking down the final preseason game, Gordon and I, and then uh, you know we're gonna do a, we'll do our preview. We will preview the. Uh the regular season and then kind of what we're hoping we I, we jumped the gun um and did already already did our season predictions uh so check out the last <laughs> pickaxe podcast if you want to know where gordon and i fall on things like mvp and the nuggets record but um we will still definitely be doing a lot of a lot of preview of the of the season and of the of just of the upcoming week as for anybody who's not familiar with the pickaxe podcast that is just what we do i mean we're, we're going to recap what happened this week and we will preview what happens next week for you Love our new podcast lineup. Pickaxe on Monday, Nuggets on Tuesday, or Numbers on Tuesday, uh, Chicken Nuggets on Wednesday, Garbage Takes on Thursday, and wrapping up the DS show on Friday. It's been a lot of fun. Really appreciate you, man. And, and everybody, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah.